all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. You're listening to a podcast of Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. To your previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning. This is Relatively Speaking, and I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. And today we're talking about pandemics. So pandemic, that word alone strikes fear in most, right? Social distancing, school closures, sporting events canceled, restaurants closing. I could go on, but the point is this. Our lives, all of our lives, have changed a lot in just a few weeks. If you're feeling some anxiety over the coronavirus, you're not alone. Today we'll talk about it with experts about how we can empower ourselves during this time of uncertainty. So, you know, it may make you feel like you want to stay in bed and pull the covers up over your head and pretend like this is really not happening, but that's not a good plan. We're going to work on what we can do, where we can react but not overreact, and deal with the anxiety of what will happen next. So there's there's so much going on now. Um, you know, before the show started, we were just talking about the fact that now um, – with the recommendation that you shouldn't gather with more than 10 people in a group, that doesn't even allow me, if I really stick to that, to gather with my whole family. I have a large family um, with five kids and, and their significant others and, and, and their children. Um, so we have there's a big issue here and lots to think about and talk about. So I don't want to minimize the the significance of this, but at the same time, we need to talk about how we can deal with this, how we can empower ourselves, and how we can make sure that we we don't panic, but just do the right thing right now. You know, um, over the last few months, I've talked on this show more than once about how frenzied our lives are, right, about how overscheduled we are about how we need to sit back, step back, um, be quiet some so that we can be more creative. Well, this is not what I wanted to happen so that we could do that, but we're here and many of us are going to have a lot more time on our hands um, to perhaps do some of those things we needed to do. Um, we'll have probably a lot less travel time um, on our hands because um, the gatherings. I, I know, for example, for me, um, I had several things going on this week, all of which have been canceled. Some um, we will do via phone conference. But that adds more time to your day. So there's a positive, right? Um, so as we're stepping through this, let's try to make ourselves 
look at the reality of what's happening, but at the same time understand that we can deal with this and and we can make this work for us. Uh, it doesn't mean um, life is over. It means that several things are going to have to be put on hold, unfortunately. I know we were just talking also about the fact that there are some graduations that won't happen in mass, most likely. Um, and so I think everybody's trying to figure out what's the best way. Um, the other issue, and we can talk about this, not trying to add panic, but um, <clears throat> the fact that that some jobs are um, going to be deleted or put on hold. I think the good news is we have our politicians trying to react to this and hopefully help people. So as we step through this, um, today I want us to really talk about the anxiety that you may or may not be feeling, um, how you think this has affected you, and how you are able to deal with it. And if you're having problems, we want to hear from you about what kind of issues or what kind of solutions you've come up with to deal with this um, as as we move through this this pandemic. Now, today I'm very happy to have uh, Dr. Dustin Sarver, who is Associate Professor of Pediatrics and Psychiatry at our Center for the Advancement of Youth, to help us navigate through all this. So, uh, Dr. Sarver, good morning. Thanks for calling in on this today. Good morning. I'm uh, really glad to be here. And uh, uh, under those circumstances, uh, you know, it's really fun to even be able to uh, talk with you virtually through the phone. Right. So, you know, I think everybody's just trying to be careful and protect each other and make sure that um, we don't gather in spaces unless we absolutely have to. So we are all trying very hard to follow um, the recommendations, right? And that's important for us. And and like I said um, at the beginning, I don't want to minimize this, but it, at the same time, I don't want everybody to view this as as the worst thing ever. We can deal with this. We can step through this. Um, and so we're going to talk about how how we can. And so, Dr. Sarver, do you have some some thoughts on uh, the level of anxiety? I know when we look at anxiety in general in our population, it's fairly common, right? Anyway, without a pandemic. Yeah, I, uh, we know that at least uh, 20% of uh, people will experience some sort of clinical uh, level of anxiety for uh, in their lifetime. So, and we know that anytime stress or like a uh, big change happens like this, um, you know, that's going to create anxiety, potentially panic or fear. So that's uh, it's something to be ex- in some way to be expected. This is, um, you know, it's normal to have these reactions. I think uh, all of us are, are having at least some level of it. Yeah. And and something that, again, we've talked about, I believe you've talked with me on this show before, the fact that if people are trying to stay informed, watching uh, the TV, um, on Facebook, listening to media, on radio, or um, watching it on the Internet, um, it, it can increase the anxiety, right? 
Oh, definitely. I mean, one of the things that we need to remind ourselves about is that uh, whether this is uh, we're doing this for our kids or doing it for um, ourselves, we really need to elim- eliminate our exposure to uh, media. Uh, just limit it. Know that we need to stay informed, but at the same time, uh, it really can have a chance to make us uh, focus too much on it. And you know, with kids, um, especially not knowing, you know, that something is. Uh, you know, happened or whether it stopped, it can really increase the level of fear and panic in kids. And so it's important to reassure them, um, you know, appropriately and give them appropriate information, but at the same time, uh, put limits on what they're exposed to. But always encourage them to talk about it. You never want to hold hold them back and um, and not have them have an outlet to discuss things. Right. I know several people have have said to me, this seems like it's overblown. This seems like perhaps we've always had the flu. Um, People don't seem to go crazy and panic over the flu. And what I want to just make sure that as we're talking through this, the difference between seasonal flu and, and coronavirus is that with seasonal flu, we we know what it is. We have antiviral agents that we know can help with it. We have the vaccines that that help somewhat, and we know that even if you get the flu after you've had the vaccine, often it helps to minimize the disease. The other thing is that with the flu, um, Often what happens is it's more of an achy respiratory illness, but more upper respiratory. And so the the unique thing about the coronavirus, and I don't know if everybody completely understands that, so I just want to point it out before we keep going, um, is that the coronavirus seems to attach more to the cells in the lower airway system. So it... Um, it can. It's more likely to cause pneumonia. So anyone who has any kind of respiratory compromise, any kind of lung issue, um, they're going to be more susceptible. Uh, that's one of the reasons that older, infirmed, older or infirmed people are going to be more susceptible because many of those individuals do have lungs that are not in perfect shape already. So then you add pneumonia on top. So, um, again, I think a lot of this is to protect our older individuals who are out there or our sick or infirmed individuals, those who have some immune issue. And so um, I I want everybody to remember that um, it's not that everybody who gets a virus gets sick and dies. They don't. You know that. Um, But it's that there are some vulnerable um, individuals out there who could, and we don't want that to happen to them. So um, before we go to our first break, I I really want to hear from you, our listeners, about um, how you're dealing with this, or if you're not, what you think about what's going on, if you have any questions about this. And then when we get back from the break, we'll talk some more about 
um, the anxiety or perhaps even the depression with social isolation that may be happening and how maybe we can help that. So give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's 877-672-7464. You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking. We're we're talking about dealing with the anxiety when you're in the middle of a pandemic as we are now. This is Relatively Speaking, and we'll be right back. Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. Today here with Dr. Dustin Sarver, psychologist at the Center for the Advancement of Youth. And we are talking about the pandemic we're in at the moment, the coronavirus and how we're dealing with it. I have a question for you, our listeners. Um, when you first heard about this, um, how did you feel? And have you found that your feelings have changed over the last week or two or three? Um, have your concerns heightened or have you been reassured in any way? Um, have you had to quarantine yourself? And how is that going if you are? I know... You know, one of the one of the issues um, is this um, all seemed to occur at the same time some of our spring breaks were occurring. So people were in the middle of a trip when some of the travel bans happened um, and when some of the recommendations started. I, I, I had some friends who were on a cruise and had had just come back. So, um, you know, how are you dealing with this? Are you managing the anxiety? And then for those of you who have kids at home, how are you handling that? Next week, we'll talk more about how to have a schedule at home, and we'll have a pediatrician with us next week on um, what to do in the home. But today I want to talk more in general about what to do with yourself, how to take care of yourself, and how can you step through this and feel still that you are in control? Because I think one thing, if we can 
if we can empower ourselves and feel in control rather than out of control, we won't feel like we're in the middle of a science fiction movie or book. Uh, you know, I'm a big science fiction fan, and this is this doesn't feel that far from some of my readings in the past. So, um, Dr. Sarver, I don't know what your thoughts are personally about as we step through this, but I know you and I work together, and it certainly affected our work and what we do from day to day, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, one of the things that I think is really important for everyone to remember that in, in times of stress or change like this, we oftentimes the first reaction other than a fear or a panic is sensing that we don't have control over things. And in uh, something as widespread as this, that can, you know, that only can be magnified. But I think it's really important to really kind of remind yourself of that you have things that you can take control over on a day-to-day basis, even little things. And it's really important to remind yourself of that and maybe even take a list of things that you are accomplishing, focusing on your accomplishments, the things that you've done, whether that's just getting up and making your bed to, uh, you know, checking off certain work things you haven't done or being um, more active or something like that. So uh, really giving yourself a sense of uh, an ownership of over things whenever the rest of the world feels like it might actually be out of control. Right. So we want to hear from you. Call us at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can send that email to family at mpbonline.org. Um, we, we want to hear about how you're dealing with it. Have you changed your schedule? Um, obviously, I think many of us have. Um, but give us a call. Let us know how it feels. Are you feeling isolated? And, and if so, um, we've got some things that you could perhaps do. Um, Michelle, good morning. I know you have something to say, too. Good morning. Yeah. Well, I have a Something positive, actually. There Good. was a teacher, I'm trying to pull the story up, uh, from Louisiana, who was a senior through Hurricane Katrina. So he wrote a letter to his seniors at his school, letting them know uh, how he understands right now how they feel because his graduation was canceled and every, the times were different. A new normal happened in that area. And he wrote a letter make, letting them know that he, again, understands how they feel. Um, he apologizes for the situation. Of course, he didn't cause it. But looking at the bright side and looking at the future, that was a great thing to do. Mm-hmm. Because, like you said, mm-hmm. we can't understand we're not in high school, and we, we know how it felt to graduate, how it felt to have our proms, how it felt to be a senior in high school. You work 12 years hard, and you get to this point, and things change in an instant. Right. So, again, like you said, talking to your seniors, you, if, you have, if you're a parent out there and you have a senior, you say you have a niece uh, that uh, was going to graduate. Yeah, I have a niece who, who is graduating from um, UAB and um, sounds like they're not going to have graduation, that she's not going to be able to walk. We were all very excited for her. We were going to travel. Um, I have a, another niece graduating from medical school. Same thing. I mean, the celebration. So as you were talking, I just had an idea. 
You know, first of all, I would encourage every family of individuals who have something to celebrate with graduation or our Mother's Day or, I mean, Father's Day or whatever is going to happen. And if you don't feel like you can gather, think about having a virtual gathering. Think about doing something fun virtually because that can happen and you could plan something and be very, very creative. The other thing is I would remind everybody this is not going to be forever. It is going to have a finite end. We know, looking at what has happened in China, that they are already on the road to recovery and they have a finite end. And so we need to remember that. So perhaps for those celebrations, you can have something virtual now. You can Skype or Zoom or WebEx or whatever you want to do. And then later on, you can um, plan that celebration um, delayed. I know that with um, when when you can't gather with uh, family at uh, certain times, say during holidays, when perhaps that particular day, December twenty fifth, doesn't work for the family gathering, family celebrated it another time. So perhaps. Um, you can do the same thing. So start planning and being creative and allow yourself not to think about how terrible this is, but how perhaps you can um, plan for later. Um, So, Dr. Sarver, one thing that I want us to talk about, too, and um, is the sort of the panic buying that has been going on as, um, you know, I, <laughs> um, I, I don't want to make light of it because I, I understand people want to have supplies, but some of the panic and the hoarding of items is, is to me not a good community thing. And I want everybody to sort of think about their fellow man without sounding too to um I can't think of the word right now. Yeah. But um yeah, I I I think we need to be careful. I was um listening and uh, uh to the news uh this morning. I was down on the coast um to see patients and um I was listening to the early morning news before I got on the road to to come back up to Jackson and they had a story about the Magnolia Brewery down in uh Kiln, Mississippi and they decided to to make hand sanitizer and to bottle water and they're selling it very cheaply down there. And they did it because they said, we're part of the community. We love our community. We want to help people out. We're not doing this for any reason other than to be a community player. So they're basically, um, you know, bottling the water and selling the hand sanitizer for um, a lot less than they probably could. Mm -hmm. And if our whole community could remember that, there's some hourly wage people who won't have jobs for a little while. How can we help those people? What can we do? Everybody needs to be right. reaching out, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, I think some of it still goes back to that kind of first 
response to take control and you know we want to make sure we stock up on things and so we're not going to be in need and so we think there's a scarcity out there uh, you know I think it's really important for people to remember that we do need to kind of take the long-range uh, view that this is um, while it have it will have a finite end we don't kind of yet know where that end will be and so it's really important to kind of know this can be in some ways ongoing so that there is no need to really hoard things and you know we need to make sure that we're looking out for you know other people who may not have a chance to have gone out to get things and, and I think it's also important to kind of uh, in the face of anxiety is to remind yourself of factual information and some of the facts at this point is that uh, you know America's supply chain in terms of food is currently still um, uh, you know present you know it's still intact we're just we're in the restocking phase so it, it's not like there is going to be no food available um, at the at this time so um, the shelves are just needing to be restocked I think it's take tackling some things like that with with fact can be really helpful but also remember that we got to, you know doing things that are kind for others is a great way to kind of take some of that stress out and make sure that you're you're um, taking control back into your life, but also positively impacting other people's life too. Right. And I, I think doing something kind for others might be just to give somebody a real phone call, a voice call and say, Hey, just called to chat, wanted to make sure you're doing okay. I know you might feel isolated. Um, are you lonely? Um, those those little light touches can mean so much, not so much posting on Facebook as much as truly reaching out to somebody. It could be a text um, just saying, checking in on you, making sure you're OK. Do you need anything? Um, I want to point out something uh, that happened to me um, this weekend. And, and it I think it pointed out that how fearful people are and how we need to be careful about being overly fearful. I was I was in church at a gathering and we typically um, handshake and say peace be with you like many churches do um, during a certain part of the church. And, um, you know, it had already been said no, no handshaking or hugging, um, but, you know, turn to your neighbor and 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 just give them a greeting. And and I found it interesting, um, and I'm one of those people watchers. I mean, part of my job is reading people. And so I was watching, and, and people seemed even afraid to turn and smile at someone. And so I'm imploring everyone to remember that um, you don't, you're not going to catch the virus um, through a smile. Um, social distancing means be about a meter away from people. And then even if they actively have the virus, it is very unlikely that you could catch it. So about a meter, which is a little more than a um, three feet. And so keep keep that in mind. Um, if you... If if you um, if you are in a place, it's still okay to smile and nod. And um, I did um, hear that in the Muslim um, temples that they've gone from the hugs to um, hand over their heart and a slight bow. Sounds good to me. A peace sign, um, a smile, and or a thumbs up 
to let people know everything's okay. Keep in mind that those little bits of kindness make everybody feel better and safer. All right. Today we're talking about keeping our brains healthy, mental health, how to get rid of that anxiety and help yourself through this during this corona pandemic. This is Relatively Speaking, and we'll be right back. Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. This is Relatively Speaking, and I'm here with Dr. Dustin Sarver. Today we're talking about the corona pandemic, not so much about the pandemic as much as what it's done to our world and how it has affected us and our mental health and our ability to just feel safe and comfortable. So today we're, we're going to give you some suggestions on what you can do to help yourself and help your neighbors, help your family members as we're moving through this. Um, but before we get back to that, I want to hear from our first caller. We have James from Wiggins. Hi, James. Hello. Thanks for calling. Yes, I've been listening to you. And, well, I do feel that people are kind of overreacting to this whole thing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, uh, you need to take safe you know, safeguards and all. I agree with that, you know. Absolutely. And yeah. I'm reminded, though, of uh, my maternal grandfather who often, often spoke to me about the Depression Living through it, you know, you had a family to feed and no job to get, you know, no way to feed them. Right. And then World War II, and he said the shortages there, you couldn't believe it. He said, but a war was on, so we had to go on. Right. You know, you had to do what you had to do. And it's amazing what they stepped through back then, right? And what, yeah, what they went yeah. through, is, yeah. this is nothing compared to what they're going through. What they went through. Well, James, thank you for putting that in perspective because you are absolutely right. Um, this is not a war that will last for years. It is. It is not the depression. Thank goodness we have better uh, controls and stops that will keep us from falling into something like that. So, um, you're absolutely right. Yeah. See. Uh, People, well, need to 
they need to put it in well perspective, as yep. you said, you know. Yeah. Thank you. See it for what it is. Yep. See it for what it is, and and know that it has an end. And and right. data is right. pretty clear there that there will be an end to this. So. Okay, James, thank you for putting that in a positive light. And remember our grandparents, our great-grandparents, and what awesome jobs they did in stepping through things. And, you know, they became more frugal. Um, They saved everything. Uh, They didn't waste anything. And maybe we need to – this is a good sort of turnaround lesson for us anyway. All right. Well, let's stay on the phones. We have Stephen in Corinth. Hey, Stephen, thanks for calling. Hello. Um, I just wanted to, to touch back on something you said at the beginning of the show um, regarding the one of the major causes of anxiety being when a person feels like part or all of their life is out of control. It's that out-of-control feeling mm-hmm. that really brings about a lot of anxiety. And I have learned through the years to to look at something, if, if something like this uh, pops up on a small scale or large scale, and I started asking myself, have I done anything to cause this to happen? What, do I have any kind of responsibility for, for this coming about? And, when I, and I'm, I'm a deep-believing Christian, and, and I've, I've gone into prayer with a lot of this, and when I realize that there's nothing I've done to cause this, this is out of my control. Now I need to step through this in my faith. That's the foundation of of my of, of stability that I have found is um, to realize and to admit not everything in our lives is going to be in our total control. And when we look ahead, when we think ahead like that, that when something like this comes up, uh, for, for those who, who are of a, of a Christian faith, I know they could relate to this, that when you turn to prayer, and you'll, you'll find a lot of scriptural basis for this, that, that we are to allow ourselves to be humbled and, and follow the leading of our faith, of, of uh, yeah. how we relate to God and letting him unfold what he's doing, because right. there is much. Yeah. I strongly believe there is much still ahead of us that is going to be totally out of our control, but the Lord God is is uh, working here, and he's uh, he's growing people up spiritually. He is opening our eyes to uh, things that we thought were in our controls that are not. Yeah, Stephen, I, I think you have made an excellent point. And um, and that is that there's only so much we can control. So control what you can. And if there's something that you know you don't have a lot of control on, take control of what you can, um, get things in perspective, and move forward with keeping yourself in uh, a safe, secure place. Um, Dr. Sarver, I don't know if you have a comment about what Stephen was saying. Uh, yeah, I think it's really important to, I mean, like Stephen was saying, is that I mean, for those of uh, of us who are have um, some type of faith belief, is that we I think there is a reassurance and safety in putting our prayers to that, being our, realizing that we uh, can look to that higher power for that um, kind of that relief and uh, of anxieties. Uh, I you know that's something that we should encourage people to do if if they're of that for. Um, 
belief system. Um, at the same time, you know, I think it's also important to make sure that we are, you know, realizing what is and what is not in our control and to accept the things that are in our control and do something about it and leave everything else to, um, to, to, um, you know, to either a higher power or to, you know, the people who have control over those things. That's right. Okay, great. Thanks so much, Stephen, for your call. Um, I'm sorry. Um, all right, we have. I'm sorry, Helen. Um, uh, a little communication issue there. <laughs> we have Helen. Helen, where are you speaking from? I'm Columbus, Mississippi. Oh, wonderful. Well, thanks for calling. Tell us what your thoughts are today. Well, first of all, I, I listen to the show, your show all, all the time every day. Enjoy it. Oh, but thank you. I, my, um, my comment is not going to be so pleasant, I don't think, because I think that this possibly a viral warfare um, didn't Iraq promise us a surprise, and it came in a way that we did not expect. I think that the government, uh, the president, and they should look into this as a viral warfare type of uh, condition. Well, Helen, let me let me stop you there just for a minute and and say I, I, you are not the only person who I have heard say something like that. But we know where the virus started, um, just like the bird flu that happened uh, several years ago. We know that this is something that jumped from an animal um, into humans, and it can happen. And so it's one of those things that, um, you know, it started um, in in a, a a whole nother country, um, another hemisphere. Um, so I, I think that this is this is one of those acts of nature that happens. It's an unfortunate, terrible thing. But I think for us to think about blame, blaming any other person or country or group is is probably. Um, of no merit at this point, and um, gosh, I'm I'm almost certain I'm right. Um, I know the science behind it. So so let's let's think that this is one of those acts of nature that we can beat. Uh, they are already working on um, you know. Uh, treatments, viral treatments, antiviral treatments, and vaccines. That's one of those things we can get through. Okay. Well, thanks for that call, Helen. And and like I said, I, I I know let's try to keep things in a in a positive light as best we can. All right. Let's stay on the phones. We have Mona and um, Louisville. Hi, Mona. Thanks for calling. Hi. Hey. Um, so you're in a grocery store? I was in the grocery store in uh, Walmart yesterday. Uh-huh. But I, I would think that it would be a real good idea that as you enter the grocery store, that they would supply you with hand sanitizers, you know, as you go in and maybe as, as you exit in the store. And I know it wouldn't be possible to take everyone's fever, but if they were able to take their fever and, you know, see if they have a fever, then, you know, you couldn't go in the store. But if, you know, if they were clear, no fever, and give them some hand sanitizers, you know, I think they would probably curb a little bit of some of what's happening. Mm-hmm. 
Mona, I think your hand sanitizer is a is a really good idea, and I know I've seen that in some grocery stores. I did walk into a grocery store yesterday just to pick up an, a single item, and uh, I said your hand sanitizer um, dispenser is empty, and she said that's because we're out. And so I think that um, we also – you mentioned um, – about grocery store etiquette, I want people to remember that if you walk by a place and they have hand sanitizer wipes out, don't grab 10. Grab one just for yourself. Do what you need to do and then leave. Yeah, back to the the temperature um, issue, I would say I hope people are self-monitoring. And if they feel ill, please don't go out into a group. That's what that's how we can control this and and get a handle on it um, more quickly. All right. I'm told we need to go to our next break. Um, We have several callers. Hang on and we'll be back. We want to hear from you. We're talking about the corona pandemic and how to deal with it in a fashion where we feel in control and can help ourselves. This is Relatively Speaking. We'll be right back. If you ever miss one of our locally produced shows or want to simply hear it again, you can find what you need at mpbonline.org or download our podcast app to your smartphone. MPB programming is on your schedule at mpbonline.org. MPB Think Radio Podcast. Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress here with Dr. Dustin Sarver, and we're talking about how to take hold of our lives right now and not feel so anxious or worried and, and just step through what we can do and how we can help 
others as we're moving through this pandemic. Uh, we've got some callers who have been very patient on the line. Um, let's go to Elvidia in Arkansas next. Hi, Elvidia. Thanks for waiting so long. Hi there. Tell us what your thoughts are today. Actually, um, my thoughts is that the U.S. has very good surveillance and monitoring systems, I feel, in place compared to my experience living overseas in other countries. Uh-huh. I was in the Philippines doing the avian influenza, H1N1, parts of Africa for HIV-AIDS and wow. and so forth. So when I compare and I look at our systems here in the U.S., I think we have one of the best surveillance, monitoring, treatment systems in the world. So from that perspective, I think we are on the right track. It may have taken a while to get there, but I think we're going to, if we um, follow the protocols of CDC, I don't think the impact is going to be as drastic as we've seen in other countries. Oh, I absolutely think you're right. And I think that's exactly um, where we need, uh, again, when you can't be in control of something, place your faith and your control in in a group that you know has good credence, good knowledge, good ability to help oversight all of this. All right. Um, let's go. Brother Daniel also in Pascagoula has been very patient. Hi, Brother Daniel. Are you there? Yes, I am. What's up, sister? I ain't <laughs> talked to you in a minute. <laughs> it uh, has been I, a while. I would call you my Mima, but you know, you sound young. <laughs> <laughs> I could uh, probably be your Mima. Thank you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, listen, here, here it is. And I'm glad y'all play We Shall Overcome. Yes. And I'm glad you let the lady know we can't blame nobody because I think I think the coronavirus is in, was in different spots. It just happened. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, it, this is here to keep us humble. This is here to bring us together. This is here to remember that family is first. This is here to bring back strength in our faith. You know, you hear all the politicians talking about, uh, well, I, I believe in I'm a Christian, and I believe in the Second Amendment, and I believe in armed rights. Well, guns can't help this situation. And... Now you realize that what's more important is our health, our communication with one another, no matter where you come from. You know, we talked, me and you talked about it a while back uh, where, we, where I, I told you I was from New York. I wasn't used to the, the white black thing. Yeah. I was always Italian, Irish, Scottish, African-American, Puerto Rican because we love food. Now we are together again, once again, like Katrina. We're here now to help one another. I went yeah. into a, I went into the supermarket. I went into the supermarket. People' attitudes were like, "Love thy neighbor." I know. You know I I Mike, have seen that. You notice that, right? Oh, okay. Yes, I think and you're then, right. That's the key. Then I noticed the place was clean. People start being more healthy. People start buying stuff that they usually normally don't buy instead of buying a lot of junk. Yep. You know. Yep. 
So I, I think you are absolutely right, Brother Daniel, that um, uh, perhaps I, not that you ever wish anything negative on any of us, but at the same time, um, maybe it is making us recenter. So if you can find a positive in it, maybe that's that's it. Okay, we have time for one more quick caller. Um, we have Rod in Meridian. Hi, Rod. Hello. How are you all? Great. Thanks for calling. You're welcome. Okay. Uh, I, uh, when I was growing up, I once read a book on etiquette, and it talked about how people in polite society wore gloves to social functions. And, you know, I was just thinking maybe it was just for fashion, but I think it was also functional and that maybe back in that time they didn't have all the antibiotics and it was a way to prevent passing germs from one another. So, that may be something that we want to consider it during this time is probably wearing the white gloves, or, you know, some type of glove when you're out in public and just avoid touching your face and wash it or dispose of that glove once you return back to your uh, environment. Not a not a bad idea, Rod. Um, yeah, definitely keep your hands off your face. Even if you have gloves on and you touch something and then touch your face, you're in trouble. So, um, yeah, washing those hands, doing everything that people tell us to do. And remember, one thing that I want everybody to remember is um, it's communicated by um, sputum. So, again, if if you're just around somebody and three or four feet away from them, um, you're not going to get it um, as long as they don't cough on you or spit on you and you don't um, put your hands in your mouth. So use common sense just like we do with the flu or the cold or any other uh, disease or disorder. Yeah. Um, thank you, Rod. So, Dr. Sarver, in the last couple of minutes, can you just give us some words of wisdom of what we need to do in summary to um, have good mental health? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, as I was just thinking through all these things, I think the first thing is just to remember to um, stay calm um, as best as we can. Um, you know, for us as parents, we need to remember that we're teaching our kids about how to handle stress and change. And this is really an opportunity, like a really great one, to be able to teach them uh, how to um, calm themselves, how to de-stress, whether that's breathing, doing something fun, taking control, um, taking a mental health break of walking outside. Um, there's a lot of time, things we can do that are is within our control. Um, I would say another thing is just to probably the biggest thing for our mental health, you know, in this time of like social distancing is like stay connected. We want to stay yep. away from people three, three meters away, or a meter away, but stay connected. Right. Um, that's going to really help improve our, our mood and being able to stay um, help have our relationships with our family members and our friends. Uh, there's no need uh, or reason for us to, uh, you know, take our relationships and um, and cancel them at this point. So really make sure Good. we're uh, staying connected. Thank you so much, Dr. Sarver, for being with us. And I just want a reminder, outside's a good place to be, y'all. Um, you've got lots of space out there. And get in the sunshine when it's sunny, the weather's warming up. So that's a real positive. You can go outside and be safe. So I want to thank our producer, Michelle McAdoo, our call screener, Liz Gill. I want to thank all of our callers and listeners 
for uh, being with us. And I hope everybody will stay safe. Um, Take care of each other. Reach out to your neighbor. Make sure everybody is okay. This is Relatively Speaking from MPB Think Radio.